It's Saturday the 18th of November. I'm Kira Revens and this was a week that saw Rishi do a reshuffle. The Supreme Court rule out Rwanda, Labour split over a Gaza ceasefire and the jungle celebrities announced. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the standout seven from the small seven. It's news but not the news. Last weekend saw a day of protests and counter-protests across London. Police estimate at least 300,000 people attended the pro-Palestinian march, which passed relatively peacefully. There were, however, violent scuffles and arrests as far-right protesters turned up, presumably in response to Home Secretary Suella Braverman's increasingly dangerous rhetoric last week. She was busy tweeting again on Sunday, blaming both sides for causing trouble and calling for further action against what she called hate marches. Labour's shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper said Braverman has only made the policing of the weekend's protests more difficult. The government made it harder for the police to do their jobs, including both in inflaming tensions but also undermining confidence and respect in the police exactly when both the Home Secretary and the Prime Minister needed to be backing the police. It was clear that Suella couldn't continue as Home Secretary. The question was how long Rishi Sunak would wait to act. The answer turned out to be not that long. Monday morning saw a dramatic series of cabinet moves in the PM's biggest reshuffle to date. First he fired Home Secretary Suella Braverman although number 10 were keen to point out she was being fired over language used and not for a clash on policy. James Cleverly was drafted in from Foreign Secretary to fill the Home Secretary vacancy and immediately pledged to stop the small boats. As the Home Secretary I'm absolutely committed to stopping the boats but also making sure that everybody in the UK feels safe and secure going about their daily business uh, knowing that the government is here to protect them. So far, so predictable. However, in the EastEnders-like moment of drama, David Cameron then appeared on Downing Street and strolled into number 10. The former PM has been drafted as the new Foreign Secretary, which means he's also been given a seat in the House of Lords. That raised questions about how accountable he'll be in the House of Commons, with Speaker Sir Lindsay Howell already asking how this is supposed to work. Cameron also has some ethical questions hanging over him around his role at the failed Greensill capital, but he says he's Team Rishi all the way now. I hope that six years as Prime Minister, 11 years leading the Conservative Party gives me some useful experience and contacts and relationships and knowledge that I can help the Prime Minister to make sure we build partnerships with our friends, we deter our enemies and we keep our country strong. That's why I'm doing the job and I'm delighted to accept. Rishi kept reshuffling all day on Monday with Trey's coffee out as Environment Secretary and Steve Barclay losing his Health Secretary job. There were new appointments including Victoria Atkins, Laura Trott and Esther McVeigh who is intended to be a new Cabinet Office role as the Common Sense Czar. The GB News presenter's brief appears to be to stamp out wokeness in a move designed to appease the Tory right wing. The opposition parties were unimpressed by Rishi's recycling and Angela Rayner said it's a sign that the government really has run out of steam. They've run out of ideas, run out of road and this is not going to save Rishi Sunak. It's not going to be the change the country needs and we need a general election and then people can decide who they want to run the country for them. Tuesday saw Prime Minister Rishi Sunak gather his new cabinet for their first meeting including his new Foreign Secretary and former Prime Minister Lord David Cameron. Rishi described his new cabinet as a strong and united team and early polling suggests that the public believe he was right to sack Home Secretary 
Secretary Suella Braverman. She came out swinging on Tuesday evening with a bitter resignation letter in which she, without any sense of irony, told Rishi that your plan is not working and you need to make changes. She also called him weak and hinted at an agreement on policy between the two. And if Rishi thought that appointing David Cameron would solve his problems, Labour's shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves had a very different view. David Cameron, uh, when he stood in the general election in 2015, uh, promised stability. Well, I'm afraid since then, all we've seen in Britain is one crisis after another. It was another week of conflict in Gaza as Israeli forces focused their efforts on the Al-Shifa hospital, one of the largest in Gaza, which was encircled by the Israeli military as intense fighting took place. The hospital has been sheltering thousands of Gazans, but its generators have run out of fuel and there were reports across the weekend of at least six deaths, including a child and a baby in an incubator. But Israeli President Isaac Herzog continued to reject any calls for a ceasefire in Gaza, emphasising that Israel will not stop until Hamas are eliminated. Like the one we've seen, which the world hasn't seen since World War II, must be eradicated completely so that we can give hope to our neighbours, the Palestinians. Hundreds remain trapped in the Dar al-Shifa hospital on Monday with the World Health Organization describing the situation as dire and perilous. And while Israel's Defence Minister Eli Cohen has acknowledged the growing pressure for a ceasefire, he says that Israel still has a diplomatic window of two or three weeks. There were more calls for a full ceasefire on Monday, including a plea from the Archbishop of Canterbury. But James Heapy, the UK's Minister of State for the Armed Forces, says that it's still legitimate for Israel to continue with their mission to destroy Hamas. We have to continue to push the need for humanitarian pauses so that aid can flow in. But what we should not do is call for an outright ceasefire. Things escalated on Wednesday morning as Israel announced it had begun a targeted ground operation inside the Al-Shifa hospital in Gaza. There have been calls for the hospital and those sheltering there to be protected. But there was an unexpected twist on Tuesday evening when the US confirmed that Hamas had been using the hospital as a command and supply node. It's believed that there are bunkers and tunnels under the hospital with Hamas effectively using its patients as a human shield. White House spokesman John Kirby confirmed the news to reporters on Air Force One. That Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad used some hospitals in the Gaza Strip, including Al-Shifa, and tunnels underneath them to conceal and to support their military operations and to hold hostages. Wednesday also saw the United Nations Security Council vote to call for humanitarian pauses in Israel's war in Hamas. The resolution proposed by Malta was voted for by 12 nations with the US and the UK abstaining. In the House of Commons, a similar resolution caused havoc, however. Some Labour Party members have been calling for a full ceasefire. But party leader Sir Keir Starmer instead proposed a motion to call for humanitarian pauses. His motion was defeated, as was an SNP motion which called for a full ceasefire. The drama rose when over 50 Labour MPs voted for the motion to call for a ceasefire ceasefire, including at least eight members of Labour's front bench. Several high-profile shadow cabinet ministers, including Jess Phillips, then quit their positions in protest. Former shadow minister for crime reduction, Nan Shah, says she was responding to her constituents who were calling for a ceasefire. You know, I am a mother of three. I, I could not vote any other way but to try whatever I can and raise my voice, even if it is to save one child from dying. Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer remained under pressure on Thursday after 10 front benchers were sacked or resigned in a protest over a vote calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. He's not out of the woods yet either as there's plenty of talk about further resignations if Labour doesn't reflect the views of many of its members and their calls for a full ceasefire. Starmer says the priority shouldn't be internal Labour politics. It should be about getting aid into Gaza and the hostages out safely. 
you wouldn't expect me to stand here today and say my concern is the Labour Party management rather than the hostages and the innocent civilians and children that are dying in Gaza. My focus and attention is there. Once they saw the Supreme Court issue its long-awaited decision on the government's Rwanda scheme, the intention was to ship newly arrived illegal migrants to Rwanda to be processed and ban them from returning to the UK, and it's already cost at least £140 million. The five members of the Supreme Court agreed unanimously with the lower counts that Rwanda could not be considered a safe country and the banning of migrants will put them at risk of harm. Lord Reid announced the verdict. The changes needed to eliminate the risk of reformant may be delivered in the future, but they have not been shown to be in place now. The Home Secretary's appeal is therefore dismissed. The decision put Prime Minister Rishi Sunak in a difficult position as the Rwanda scheme was central to his plan to stop the small boats. He's pledged to end the merry-go-round of court cases and introduce both a new treaty with Rwanda and potentially new emergency legislation which will effectively declare Rwanda safe and in theory allow flights to start in the spring. But that may be challenged in the European Court of Human Rights and he wasn't clear on what the plan would be in that case. If it becomes clear that our domestic legal frameworks or international conventions are still frustrating plans at that point, I am prepared to change our laws and revisit those international relationships. The notion of flights departing for Rwanda by spring, as Rishi promised, will depend on passing new legislation, which would declare Rwanda a safe country despite the court rulings. However, there appears to be little chance of getting that legislation passed, as it would require cooperation from opposition parties and could still run into trouble in the House of Lords. The other element is a new treaty with Rwanda and Foreign Secretary James Cleverley, who hasn't explicitly denied calling the Rwanda scheme batshit, said that the treaty is almost complete. We preempted this, so we've been working on this for well over a year now, which means that we are in the final stages of turning this MOU into a treaty, so that can be done quickly. The legislation that would need to go through the House could be tight and simple and pass quickly. Former Defence Minister Tobias Elwood wasn't giving up on Rishi's Operation Rwanda either, despite the Supreme Court ruling. The Supreme Court didn't say that it was wrong in concept. It was There was a problem with whether or not Rwanda would then move these migrants on to somewhere else. That's why we're going to look at a new treaty uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen, to strengthen the institutional capability of Rwanda and then move forward with this. This week saw an unexpected intervention in Russia's war on Ukraine. It came from tech billionaire and owner of social media platform X, Elon Musk, who made a passionate pitch for Ukraine and Russia to begin peace talks. I would just recommend do not send the flower of Ukrainian youth to die in trenches. Whether he talks to Putin or not, just don't do that. Whoever goes on the offensive will lose massive numbers of people. The US government looks to have narrowly avoided a shutdown, but new Speaker of the House Mike Johnson has been unable to get his Republican congressional colleagues to come to an agreement on additional aid for Israel and Ukraine. With funding from the US running out, that leaves Ukraine in particular in difficulties as ammunition and aid run low. Ukrainian President Zelensky was warning on Monday that Russia can be expected to launch more attacks on Ukraine's energy infrastructure as winter draws in. Russian President Putin's spokesman Dmitry Peskov says there's no point in the US sending any more aid to Ukraine as it's a lost cause. It is high time for everyone in Kyiv and Washington to understand that it is impossible to defeat Russia on the battlefield. There is a growing reluctance to continue giving money to Ukraine. This brings additional nervousness to the Kyiv regime. 
After a dramatic re-entry to UK politics, Lord Cameron hasn't been hanging around in his new role as Foreign Secretary. Before you could say Green Silk Capital, he was on a plane to Kiev to meet with Ukrainian President Zelensky and offer the UK's continued support. It's been a tough few weeks for Ukraine as US funding and military support seems to be drying up and the winter freeze is about to set in. Ukrainian forces have been making slow progress on Kherson and Zelensky says they've also pushed back the Russian Navy in the Black Sea. David Cameron was keen to emphasise the UK's commitment to the cause. We will continue to give you the moral support, the diplomatic support, the economic support, but above all the military support that you need, not just this year and next year, but for however long it takes. Still to come on the Standout 7, Viola Davis is obsessed with hot tubs and we find out who's heading into the jungle. Right after this. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome back. Wednesday saw Chinese President Xi Jinping meet with US President Joe Biden in California. The two men shook hands and smiled as the Chinese leader arrived for the Asia-Pacific Economic Corporation Forum in San Francisco. The tone was friendly, with Jinping saying that planet Earth is big enough for both countries to succeed. There were mixed reports from the meeting afterwards with no progress on Taiwan, but Biden says it's important for the two nations to have dialogue. We have to ensure that competition does not veer into conflict. And we also have to manage it responsibly. That's what the United States wants and what we intend to do. I also believe it's a world wants for both of us. Now that the actor's strike is basically over, all the big names have been flooding back to the late-night talk show couches and they've got some strange tales to tell. Viola Davis is just back from Berlin where she was filming the new Hunger Games movie, but it sounds like she really got into the Berlin lifestyle. She says she spent plenty of time hanging out in public hot tubs, but she's not calling them hot tubs nowadays. Let me tell you something. I love a jacuzzi. And you when love, I got in that jacuzzi, my $10 bathing suit, I was invited to the opera by random strangers in the jacuzzi. Wait, 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 wait. stop, stop, stop. to dinner wait. from random strangers in the jacuzzi. Rewind, I got rewind. a whole skin line, skin care line from someone who sat in the jacuzzi. They recognized me and said, oh, you know what? I have a whole skin care line that I want to give you. It seems like Christmas is creeping closer and closer with the news that I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here is on its way back to our screens. The annual Australian Critter Festival kicks off this Sunday and Monday night. So the official first trailer drop with the reveal of this year's cast. It's the usual mix of TV wannabes and pop culture has-beens with a former member of JLS, an ex-maiden Chelsea star and champion jockey Frankie Dettori. There are a few characters in there who may well cause chaos, including Britney's little sister and Mr. Brexit, Nigel Farage. My name is Jamelyn Spears. Hi guys, I'm Marvin Humes. My name is Nella Rose. Hi, I'm Sam Thompson. I'm Josie Gibson. Hello, I'm Nick Picard. I'm Danielle Harold. I'm Fred Sierriex. My name is Grace Dunn. I'm Nigel Farage and I'm known, of course, for politics, for Brexit and I'm a hero for some people and an absolute villain to millions. 
You've been listening to The Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Hit that follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes, we'll give you the world.